This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another fabulous, that's the word I'm looking for, fabulous episode of the Hard Mark Podcast. My name's Eric Donaldson, and with me today is Ryan Murphy. Ryan doesn't get any fun uh, <laughs> names today. Ryan, would you care to explain to the audience why you don't get any of your cool nicknames like the talent or anything like that? I'm only investing two hours in this podcast instead of <laughs> four. That's one reason. That there, there's others too, but oh, I, can, I can share them if, if you'd like. Um, is it that I didn't uh, make it out for this it, podcast? That that would uh, be another portion of this as well. Yes, there's I'm at least missing. probably two more portions. But uh-huh. uh huh. Late uh, uh, scheduling changes. Yes, yes. Late scheduling. That's that's a very diplomatic way <laughs> of saying you told me an hour before we were set to start that you were not actually going to be coming over, and this was going Wait, to be another virtual I, session. I want to do my section in here i we never discussed coming and doing a in-house podcast what we never did we never did i would have i would have known um i think we maybe discussed it like vaguely but there was no like specific details wrapped into that um so just for our audience that's horse pucky Every like the last like two or three episodes, all you've done is complain about these oh, virtual sessions and yeah, how that's... you don't like doing them. And like, okay, next time, Eric, we're going to do it in person. And so that's the mo that I was operating under this whole time. And then you spring it on me last minute, like I'm going home. That no, I I figured like maybe the um like having to be done at a, a specific time was the thing, but like I had no idea about coming over for this podcast. I, you, you made it very clear to me that you wanted to do them in person moving forward. I, and so I was I, accommodating I, that. Yes. And that, that is true. Unlike you, I listen when you speak, Ryan. <laughs> um, but I, we never, we never like put this on the calendar as an in-house. Although put it on the calendar, what we don't have a shared calendar app or anything like that. We're not, fiancés we just we just informally speak and when you said i don't want to do it virtually anymore i'm like okay we'll do them in person moving forward okay i understand your point (laughs) (laughs) i feel that there's a butt coming but but i i think you're you're wrong but i get it um so so the next time we do this as i mentioned in my text message i am totally down to have it in-house, I guess, depending on how this COVID stuff goes. From yeah, here. we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. If, if it's safe to do so, we will, we will uh, you know, be doing yep. them in person, socially distancing, of course. I do have a very uh, extensive recording studio here at Hedonism 4. We have plenty of space, but if it's not safe to do so, we're not going to, you know, put ourselves yeah. at risk and the risk of our program. We'll we can do them virtually as long as we need to, but it's always good to, you know, be be in the room with one another. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so okay. Well, I'm glad we, we cleared the air on that. It's, and just so you're aware, I know that we can't see each other right now, 
Uh, you know, we, we don't have the webcams on, but I just want to let you know, no hard feelings. I, I'm not going to be harboring any grudges over this. You called me at work and you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you make that, that sounds more rage filled than it actually was. I mean, I would say it was fairly rage filled. Um, to be fair, my wife overheard that conversation. She was like. Have you ever been that mad at Ryan before? And I didn't think I didn't think that I was being mad. I just thought I was being direct and basically being like, what the fuck? I thought we had an arrangement where you were going to be coming over, that sort of thing. I don't like when people are direct with me. Uh, <laughs> I want people to give me a break for whatever, like thing that I do that is you want people incorrect. to tiptoe around issues and, yeah. and kind of drag their feet back. Oh, well maybe next time, Ryan. Well, I just thought we could cut to the, to the, to the quick cut yeah. out all the bullshit and get right down to brass tacks. Yeah. Business uh, partners. And, and, and that's what you did. That's why, you know, uh, that's why I felt the response, uh, <laughs> you know, was what it was, but, um, fair enough. And yeah, no, it's fine. We have plenty of time. I was just expecting an in-person visit. That's all. Hence, hence me generously asking if you wanted any chicken or salmon. But that's yeah, I saw that. Neither it's here not... nor there. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt a little bit bad about that. Um, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, we'll we'll sort it out next time. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our episode, which in case this is your first time joining into this program which uh maybe you just picked episode gosh what is this 17 maybe you just jumped in at episode 17 that's a good number to jump into all the kinks have been worked out for the most part with most programs anyway uh but this is a show uh it's loosely about pro wrestling it's it's myself eric donaldson i'm introducing the topic of pro wrestling every single episode myself and my associate ryan murphy will watch a new wrestling match we will document Ryan's thoughts, and then we will rank each match. And we'll also track Ryan's win and loss percentage as we go along as well. Would you say that's a pretty accurate summary of what we do here, Ryan? I Yeah, that was, that was spot on. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So, well uh, said. And just to clarify, I think I know the answer, but again, just for the sake of anyone who may be jumping in uh, for the very first time, have you been watching any pro wrestling in your free time between these episodes at all, Ryan? Mm. Um, I, you know, I've seen it on TV more. Like, I don't know if it's because there's not a lot of content like on TV as far as sports, but like, uh, no, I mean, not a lot, but (laughs) I have seen it on TV more, um, just out of the blue, like Fox and ESPN. And so, yeah. And the reason for this, just to kind of clarify in case anyone, it's not because Brian doesn't have a very vested interest in pro wrestling, uh, at the moment, which he certainly does. It's, it's for science. In addition to this being a loosely pro wrestling based podcast, it's also a very scientifically based podcast. Uh, this scientific ranking that we are performing, we are going to be ranking the top wrestling matches of all time, according to Ryan Murphy. He is our uh, what? What is what do they call that in science tests? You're our our control. Is that is that what accurate to say? Yeah, like a like a neutral like party to right. like, that, yeah okay yeah I guess that'd be yeah, yeah. you're yeah. the control in this in this yeah. scenario, um, so we want to keep our, our science hard. That's yep. the re- reason why we're calling it the Hard Mark Podcast because we're doing hard science, hard data, uh, and so Ryan has 
vowed to not watch any pro wrestling. He will not be seeing any of it outside of this program. So that way we can make sure that uh, he, he's his senses are sharpened and honed for each of these recordings. Yeah, that's a tough sell for me, but I'll do it for the podcast. So oh, there you go. I mean, that, these are the types of sacrifices that you're making to the audience. Yeah, uh, yeah. We all we all have some. Uh, before we get into the to really our our main subject here today, uh, I know that we always like kind of breaking the ice with just some general topics. I know I haven't officially announced. Uh, let me clear my throat for a moment. <clears throat> Ryan's Corner. There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut line. Mm-hmm. In in a little while. No. But um, I feel like just kind of me introducing these topics is, is basically Ryan's corner. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So I'm making my own. Yeah. yeah. So just to kind of break the ice, set the stage, um, quick question for you just off the top of my head. Ryan Murphy. Yes. Fast food. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how. Do you eat a lot of fast food? You strike me as not someone who eats a lot of fast food. I now, like in the last like six years, like almost never. But uh-huh. before that, like a lot. Like, <laughs> okay. like probably like a dangerous amount of fast food before that. So you were like living <laughs> the actual documentary Super Size Me, is what you're saying. Like. It wasn't that I like I ate it in like greater quantities and like even like my stature would like look like I like I would come home one night, you know, and get like four McChickens and a small fry or something like that. Like that would be a, a night. How uh, big? I've never had a McChicken before. Is that like uh, well, you know, the dollar menu? So, oh, okay. So it's like four cheeseburgers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, probably that's like a that. lot, but that's not uh, an insane number of of uh, of burgers for, especially for like someone in their early twenties. Like you go out yeah. drinking, you're like, I want to eat fucking eight of these, that sort of yeah. thing. Well, I went out drinking a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been one of the uh, sort of unsaid themes that I've noticed throughout this podcast is like you would tell all these drinking stories, but then be very sheepish about, uh, uh, but I really don't drink all that much. And like, you'll I, always make a point I, to throw that in. Have I said that in any of these? Yes, you have. <laughs> I, I mean, you just went, okay. All right. You wouldn't as, know. As I've been doing the editing, <laughs> that's what, like, yeah. little, not, not, not that I have like a drinking problem or anything, <laughs> little, little, little bits of uh, morsels like that. Uh, but the reason I ask about fast food, if you could create your perfect fast food meal, uh, what would it be? Um, <laughs> and just for, for clarification, so I, I'm thinking, and granted, you may not necessarily have like a hunger level, but we're going to say that, that, it, that the fast food meal has to consist of a couple different things. There has to be some sort of beverage involved, and I will count uh, a milkshake as a beverage in this scenario. There has to be your main sort of protein, whether that be like a cheeseburger or uh, the the chicken burger or whatever that you talked about. And there has to be a side. And I, I would allow up to two sides potentially if, uh, you know, we needed to open up the floodgates for that. So this is this is one of these questions that I feel like I could give an answer to. And then I'll like come back and I'll be like, fuck, I like totally missed something here um, that I that I really like. Uh, but you OK, so you want me to put together my meal right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, for the drink, like root beer, no doubt. Just. Mm, okay. Yeah. Can I can I give you a little piece of information about me? What? 
I don't know that I've ever drank root beer. What? I don't I don't know. I don't ever recall I've maybe had like a sip of root beer in my life and how, I remember I'm, not liking I'm not it. Even sure that's root beer's like Is it good? <laughs> Do you, I like the only people who Is it I, like Dr. Pepper? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if the only people I know who like haven't had root beer either like in a long time or in their life, like are like pretty like opposed to drinking root beer for some they think they don't like it or I, you just haven't tried it, and you're like not gonna go get some right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't drink. Uh, I don't really I don't, drink soda at all. Same, but okay, okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for upending but, that. But it seemed like, like this is affecting like you. Coke and Pepsi and Dr Pepper and Mountain Dew and and well, is fan- it root beer similar to like Mr Pib or Dr Pepper? Or am I off base on that? No, I mean they're completely different flavors. I mean, I I would just recommend like, like I'm not I don't drink a lot of soda either. But like if I'm drinking like if I'm putting together a fast food meal, it's about or it's not, it's root beer and like you should just go like try one like go like go to the store and just get a root beer. That <laughs> is a uh, is A and W root beer. Is that any yeah. good? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Any any root beer I think is good. I don't care which one it is, but I it's just really solid soda it's it's probably like if i'm gonna drink soda it's gonna be a root beer especially with like food so that would be the drink um i like i like a good chicken like a like a spicy chicken sandwich like plain with jalapenos or something okay um jack in the box used to have like back in high school they had these like crispy chicken tenders that were like the best fucking things ever and they took them off the menu so if i could have a side of those that'd be that's probably like an wait. Idea. You would do a chicken burger with a side of chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huh. I, I mean, I also like fries. Like I could, but like if I'm putting together my, you know, I get two sides on this. Then that's right. what I want on the on the. Um, so yeah, uh, probably. But I I like a good like crispy chicken sandwich, um, and a root beer and and a side of chicken tenders. So you'd go double chicken essentially. I go double chicken, yeah. Wow, that's a lot yeah. of protein. You'd have the protein farts for a little while. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely like thinking like like Jack in the Box throughout all of this. Like they have the like chicken wise, I think they have the best stuff. Um, no one really compares with them. I literally we- just had a conversation with some friends of mine about how Jack in the Box is the lowest level of all fast food establishments for chicken though i never eat chicken at at fast food if i'm going to like go get whatever it's typically going to be a burger and fries if i go to taco bell of course then i'll I'll knock it a burger and fries will do like a crunch wrap or something but i don't know outside of like a popeye's chicken or a kfc situation that i ever get fast food chicken yeah, or Chick Fil A. Sometimes I don't. Oh. Not that I really go to Chick Fil A all that often, but Chick Fil A uh, does have like a, a pretty good chicken sandwich too. Um, but that makes yeah. sense. I, I do want to throw out one. More. I kind of see. I knew I was going to forget something. One of my favorite like fast food like just burgers altogether for the people out here. Um, for the people, Burger King has like it's a rodeo burger. Okay, uh, have you ever had it? No, I've heard of it though. It's it's just like. I think it's like a junior Whopper size and like um, it's the burger. Like I, this is how I get on picky. I don't like mayonnaise and tomatoes and stuff like that, but it's, 
like um, burger, onion rings, barbecue sauce. I put jalapenos and bacon on it. Uh, I think it naturally like, or normally comes with like cheese and, you know, that's it, it is so it, that's the best, I think, burger out there. It, the, the rodeo burger from Burger King. You have to have it. <laughs> that's I mean, we're not even getting uh, I mean, we're open to, to conversations, Burger King, but we're not even getting a kickback for that. That was a very glowing endorsement you just gave. I hope it was. It's it's hands. So down. But are you picking that over the chicken yeah, sandwich? I, I I think I think if I were to go back, yeah, like I just like a Whopper size one of those, and like you know, just they have good fries too. Yeah, with a root beer. That that yeah, that's what I go with. Okay, that's I have that's to walk fair. Walk back my whole first like <laughs> part of it. <laughs> well, that that's fine. Well, it's that, yeah. that you were doing. Who do you think who do you think does the best fast food fries? I know you didn't choose fries, but what's what's your fast food fry pick? I I do like Burger King's fries still. <laughs> Interesting. I've always been kind of meh about them. Like for me, I think McDonald's fries, as far as like the national chains, they do very yeah, good fries. I don't I don't like them actually, and I know they're like I mean they're, I, they're very different. Uh, um, like just I, for fries, I'm not sure how they can be so different, but they are very different. Uh, I'm not a big McDonald's fry person, but they're okay. I eat them. Well, nobody's perfect, Ryan. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. A little bit of little bit of backstory about about Ryan and his fast food preferences. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the people need. People need you know some flavor, some illustration around uh, you know what what stops you would make sounds like it'd be a Burger King and Jack in the Box deal for you. Yeah, I think so. Probably Burger King, though. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Sounds sounds like that's that's the the play. Get yourself a little cardboard crown and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about our match. Let's not dilly dally. I know we are running on a time limit. Not that you know I have any time limits on our audience, but I know Ryan, you're you're a double and even sometimes triple booked man. So you have a lot of important engagements that you need to uh, attend to. So we're going to delve right into it. So do you remember what we talked about at the end of last episode as far as what we were going to be watching, Ryan? I don't know. I got a text message from you saying we needed to watch something good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that did actually happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did realize. And again, no pressure on you because mm-hmm. this is science based. This is yeah. the, 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 you are the control. <laughs> this is all based on science. But I did notice upon reviewing our earlier episodes, there has been total and utter stagnation at the top and bottom of our rankings you established in episode two the number one ranked match that we have had throughout every episode since and then episode was it three no it was four episode four no it wasn't even that what was it eric well, well, it was episode three. It was episode three. <laughs> episode three had the bottom ranked match, and that has not changed since then. So I really uh, want, and I don't necessarily care if it's the top or the bottom, but I want something to kind of shift things up a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I yeah, but no, I don't okay, want you no. to do it just because you know that I want you to do you, it. You I know, want you to you do know it. That, you know that I wouldn't do that. I drank <laughs> from the heart. So right. Too much integrity, right? Uh, too yeah. too much commitment to to the science. So yeah, I, I remember that that I did message you about that. So also around our, our ranking as it stands right now, our top two matches of all time both come from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So today we are going to be watching another New Japan Pro Wrestling match. 
How's that? How's that strike you? Did you hear? I said, "Fuck yeah." Okay, good. Well, I, no, I didn't hear it, but I did hear it the, no, that, the second I, time. I, I am a fan of uh, just like pretty much anything Japan at this point, but their rest of masks have been. What are you typing? What are you typing right now? Nothing. <laughs> what do you mean nothing? What are you looking up? Are you I, looking up? Am I am I looking at porn? Yeah, while well, listening to my voice. <laughs> I was looking up any like sort of Japan like just wrestling. I don't I don't know why. I'm just that seems borderline unscientific what you're doing. Well, I, I, I assume I'm not going to find the match, but I'm just looking up like what they're you know. I don't know. What are you looking up? I just looked up Japan wrestling. Like that's <laughs> that's all I find. <laughs> what did you find? Uh, should I link something here or like like? The... Well, just tell me what you're seeing. You typed Japan wrestling, so what what are you seeing? Well, it's it's just a it's a Google search, so it just says like I mean the first one is njpw1972.com. Yeah, that's New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's the company that we've watched the matches from. Okay, well, shit. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to see. All right, I'm just gonna replicate your search just so I can see. Yep. Yeah. Japan. Pretty much all New Japan from the looks of it. Yeah, most of it. There's but they're a, not the they only are. company in Japan. There's, but yeah, yeah, pretty much everything on the front page is all about New Japan, which is really the main one that I follow as far as Japanese wrestling. But again, there, there's lots of Japanese wrestling companies if uh, somebody was inclined to seek them out. But yeah, we're for the time being, we're going to stick with New Japan just because they're the most accessible and they're the biggest and they're the ones that I, I'm kind of the most familiar with. So with that said... There's a little bit of backstory on this match. It's probably not as extensive of a backstory as, say, like Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan, because that was like a lot of backstory. But there's a pretty good sized amount. So I want you, Ryan, if you have questions or if you're just inquisitive about anything that I tell you, uh, please let me know. Again, I can't see you, so you're just going to have to interrupt me. I will will do that. Right, Thank you. Good. You've never had a problem interrupting me before, so I don't know why you would now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so our match, our match we're going to watch today. It actually happened in 2017, so a couple years ago. Uh, but the story behind the match actually started well, well, well before that. So a little bit of a history lesson. So throughout the 1990s, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Most of their success that they had during that decade was based around the popularity of their three biggest stars. And and I'm not going to bog you down with what those guys' names were, but collectively they were named the Three Musketeers. Hmm. Is that like, that's like an American thing, isn't it? What do you mean? I mean, it's a French story. Oh, the Three Musketeers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a famous French story. Okay. And it's also a candy bar with uh, nougat. Yes. <laughs> I actually really liked Three Musketeers as a kid. I would I would actually eat the chocolate from around the nougat, and then I then I would just sort of eat just a bar of nougat at the end. That's 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 a way to do it. It was just wet nougat, so I would chew <laughs> chew the chocolate off, and then my spit would get all over the oh my bread, god the nougat, and then I would eat the just the nougat. It was disgusting. That is that sounds disgusting. Um, it's Grandma's <laughs> favorite candy. I'll have to let her know. That's how you you're tell supposed. her to, to gnaw the chocolate off of the <laughs> nougat and then just eat the wet, spit soaked nougat. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So back to the <laughs> back to the three musketeers. Uh, so those three guys, they would frequently 
be feuding with each other. And they would also sort of align with one another over the course of the decade. So like a lot of the major storylines of the company were built around those three guys. Uh, and it was pretty popular. Like they, it was a very successful time in the, in the company. But as the decade sort of drew to a close, it got closer and closer to the year 2000. New Japan started looking for like the next crop of guys, like who are going to be the next stars to kind of lead the company moving forward. And so that entered in three new dojo graduates, younger guys that had just kind of gone through their their dojo system. And these men were named the new Three Musketeers. And so one of those guys is going to be involved in the match that we're watching here today. Um, so his name is Katsuyori Shibata. We'll just call him Shibata for the, for the course of this episode. We'll make it easy on you. Or Kat. I don't feel comfortable calling a grown man cat. So I'm just okay. going to call him Shibata. Shibata. Okay. All right. Shibata. Katsuyori Shibata. So uh, you can look him up if you, well, actually don't look him up. Do not I look him up. I won't. I won't. Thank you. Yeah. I just don't look him up. So Shibata, you'll see him soon enough, but Shibata is a no nonsense, straightforward fighter. Like he wears black trunks, black boots. He's got short black hair. He's just like a tough, dude that likes to fight uh his nickname is the wrestler because again that's what he's about like his whole life is about wrestling and fighting and that whole thing his uh, nickname is the wrestler yes his nickname is the wrestler wow because he encapsulates wrestling that okay it's impressive yeah. nickname <laughs> yeah. we might have to add it to your list once you yeah, are, yeah. You know, a good boy again if i earn it we'll see you might we'll see we, we don't know until we run the the facts and figures and go through the data we don't we don't know right um but he employs a barrage of different strikes he's like really really big into striking moves he also does a lot of submissions overall it's a very realistic style of pro wrestling so you're not going to see a whole lot of like flips or anything like that it is striking and submission-based offense that he does. To that point, his finishing move, so the move that he wins his matches with, it's called the PK, which any soccer fans out there know knows that a PK is a penalty kick, which is a running kick to the face to a seated opponent. Yikes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the PK is his finishing move. So they're like down and he just like running kicks to the face. <laughs> yeah. So like they'll be seated in the middle of the ring and they will he will run to the opposite side, like bounce off the ropes and then run back and just kick them in the face. That's nice. I like that. That's that's fucking classic Japan shit right there. <laughs> I'm fucking around, like, yeah, I love no matter what subject we're talking about, you're immediately an expert about it. And that's my one of my favorite things about you. Classic Japan shit right there. Uh, so a little bit of backstory around Shibata. Um, so very, very early in his career within the first year or two of him wrestling. And this is actually something that I did not know until I was doing my research for the match. He actually hit another wrestler with an elbow drop. It sounds like it was like diving off the top rope an elbow drop, which is a pretty standard wrestling move. Like you see that pretty frequently. Um, his elbow drop to this other guy put them into a coma and that other wrestler died four days later. Oh, shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I I tried actually finding footage um, of this match. I, I couldn't find any. So I, I don't know just like if it was an accident or if he just hit the guy way too fucking hard. I, I really am not sure. But this elbow drop put the guy into a coma and then the guy ended up you, dying. You couldn't 
find footage of I'm a little like I think I thought if anyone was gonna find footage it would be you. But you can there's nothing. Well, I mean, I, I only <laughs> I wasn't desperate to find it. I went on sure. YouTube and like I did a quick Google search. I saw articles referencing this incident, but I didn't actually find any actual footage of it. Granted, this was like from 1999, 2000. It seemed like it was a relatively small show. There probably is footage out there somewhere, but for for a lot of stuff like that, you have to kind of go to websites that I, sure. I am not comfortable going to to find it. <laughs> Do you think if it was an American like fight, it'd be easier to find? Probably, yeah. I mean, there, there's there been similar things that have happened in the United States where if you look hard enough, you can find footage yeah. of those types of things. But I, I just didn't care to. No, to I, I'm not. I don't. I'm just curious. Like, uh, that's seems like Japan culture. Like, like that's an incident. You don't want that on like your, you know, pro wrestling. Sure. I don't know. That's, yeah. That's, I thought, yeah. You you wouldn't want that to draw, yeah. You don't want that to draw a bunch of attention because that's yeah. that's obviously not a good thing. But uh, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if just if the guy maybe rotated in a weird way when he was like waiting for the elbow. Who knows what happened? I, I don't know who's at fault or anything like that. Yeah. But um, so as the years went on, so New Japan kind of going along, it became a little bit more unstable in the company. So there there was a time period where the leadership of that company of New Japan they became obsessed with mixed martial arts. Like they were really, really into it to an unhealthy degree for people that are running a pro wrestling company. And so what they started doing was they started cross promoting between the two different sports. So they would put MMA fighters in wrestling matches and they would have pro wrestlers in MMA fights. Um, I, I could see why that's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but like, I don't, <laughs> um, so, I didn't actually, actually, I, didn't, I mean, I figured like mixed martial arts like would like originate like in, in, in that culture. But I didn't know. Like I thought it was like a kind of an American thing that like blew up over here. Um, um, yeah, I mean, mixed martial arts was when UFC was finally was starting to kind of come into its own in the late 90s. There yeah. was a company in Japan called Pride that was like equally as big. And, and mm. some of those pride fights were brutal. Like they had less rules than they have in the United States. Like, for example, there were all these crazy fights between people of vastly, vastly different weight classes. So MMA was super, super popular in, like, the early 2000s in Japan, just like it was in the United States. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was problematic, as you could probably imagine, to have MMA fighters in pro wrestling and vice versa, because more often than not, these pro wrestlers would lose their MMA fights, which would make them look weak, and destroy their credibility. So that, you know, makes it harder to take them seriously in a pro wrestling environment. And then the MMA fighters, they were super clumsy. Their footwork was bad and they were awkward at pro wrestling. And they just didn't have the showmanship and personality that they needed to get fans to actually give a shit about any of their matches. So it was just a bad marriage on both sides. That makes sense. Yeah. uh, I can see that. So around this time, so new Japan, they because of all this, because like they really had no stars, they were just devaluing everybody. They were literally on the verge of bankruptcy. The company almost closed and they were desperately in need of new superstars, new people that people could kind of would want to pay to see wrestle uh, on their shows. And it was during this time when the company was on the verge of bankruptcy that Shibata left the company 
to both wrestle in other companies and, in an interesting twist, also start his own MMA career. Oh. So, like, (laughs) when the the company's, like, literally on its last legs, that's where he jumped. And so, unlike in the United States, where it's pretty common for guys to kind of jump back and forth, they get a better contract offer, you know, it's just business, whatever – This, both in the eyes of the fans and also in the eyes of the wrestlers, was an act of betrayal by Shibata. Um, Basically, that he had left the company that trained him and gave him his start, and then he left when the company was in dire straits. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, fast forward seven years later, Shibata's been off doing his own thing. New Japan is now profitable again, and that's because of a man who we haven't actually seen on the show yet, but his name's Hiroshi Tanahashi. You don't need to worry about memorizing that. He was one of the other members of the new Three Musketeers, and he became the big star that literally anchored New Japan and saved them from bankruptcy. Uh, Is and he so, going to be fighting or no? He is not going to be fighting. So we, we will probably see him at some point, but he's not fighting here today. But yeah, sounds like a good guy. He was, yeah, he's a good guy. He's still around. He's still wrestling. Um, but it was Tanahashi's popularity uh, that single-handedly saved the company from collapse. And now that New Japan's doing better, uh, now we're in twenty twelve. Or yeah, now that we're in twenty twelve, Shibata comes back. Gotcha. So so company's doing a lot better. Here comes Shibata, and so when he first comes back to the company. Oh, he comes, he comes back to the same... Oh, okay, sorry. Yes. So they're on the verge of collapse. Yeah. One of the other guys that he that he literally trained with yeah. sticks it out, brings the company back from near bankruptcy, and now that the company's doing very well, now Shibata comes back. That's a classic. A classic. <laughs> classic move. It's, my, yeah. it's, it's one of my favorites. So, expectedly, when he shows back up, the fans are pretty hostile towards him. Like, they they don't really want him there. They don't trust him. They think he's just going to end up leaving. And there's just bad will from the fans initially. Sure. Um, Over the course of the next several years, he doesn't leave. He sticks it out. And so his tenacity and his refusal to back down from fights and just the fact that he he really does give it 100% when he's in the ring. And people can kind of see that. He earns the the trust and the respect of fans. And so over the course of the next five years, he kind of repairs that relationship and becomes a very popular figure. Inside so the as, company. as he comes back when things are very good and they continue to be very good, he rides it out with the things being pretty good and the fans love him again. So exactly. That- yeah, because, yes, the fans initially are very resistant, but he just he keeps having really, really good matches. He doesn't leave. And eventually the fans embrace Shibata and uh, and they forgive his quote unquote betrayal from years prior. Damn. Okay. All right. And so eventually, and so this actually builds to the match that we're talking about right now. So that's that's kind of the backstory about Shibata. So finally, after five years back of the company, again he showed back up in 2012. This is now 2017. He's earned a match, his first opportunity for the IWGP Championship, which is the top title in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is 13 years after the last time that he wrestled for that title. Okay. So like... IWGP? IWGP, which stands for International Wrestling Grand Prix, which is a completely made-up governing body that New Japan just created just to make their title sound important. It does. It works. <laughs> well, there, there you go. And you're 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 the judge. So. Yeah. So, yeah, 13 years later, which, again, like 
these things play a factor into into the match. And so I wouldn't be telling you about these things unless like all of it was important to to kind of be aware of. And so in this title match, he is the he is the challenger. Shibata is challenging for the title, and he's going to be facing the most decorated champion of the modern era, in my opinion, anyway, the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada. Just gonna say Okada. Yeah, just say Okada. You'll yeah, you can look him up. That's fine. Have we seen? We haven't seen him, right? That's name. We have not. Me. Okay. All right. We have not. So. Again, in my opinion, I think Okada is the greatest champion of probably the past 10 years or so. Like, the dude just carries himself like a champion. He looks like a champion. He is an incredible wrestler. I just, he's like an end boss in a video game. Like, if you had to imagine who would be the end boss in a pro wrestling video game, in my mind, it would be like an Okada sort of figure. He's just so fucking good. So just to give you a little bit of backstory about Okada again, his nickname is the Rainmaker because when he comes out to the ring, he does this pose and there's literally these dollars that will fall from the sky and they're uh, and they have his face on it. So it's these Okada dollars that he'll be showered in as he makes his entrance into the ring. It's a nice touch, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, but he so he also arrived in New Japan in 2012. But unlike Shibata, he was instantly catapulted into the main event spots. So he became the IWGP champion within one month of debuting within the company. And it took Shibata 12 years to even get back, right? Ba- basically, yes. So it took it took Shibata ye- like over a decade to get to this point. Okada literally one month within one month after he showed up. Within New Japan, he's the champion immediately. He actually beat Tanahashi, the guy that we referenced earlier, to win that title. Well, shit. Shibata must be fucking pissed then. (laughs) So Okada's finisher, just so we talked about the PK earlier, the penalty kick. So uh, Okada, his finisher is called the Rainmaker. So he basically will go behind the guy. He'll kind of wrap his arms around them. He'll spin them in front of him, and then he'll just clothesline them as hard as he can with with his arm does he throw fake money at them no fake money in the match the fake money is all before the match Ah. i mean there's there's possibly been a match where he blinds somebody with like shredded okada dollars but i've never actually seen it in short order after okada showed up within within the company he became like the face of new japan if you thought about new japan you would instantly think of okada he was basically like their hulk hogan their rick flair whatever parallel you want to draw uh, to New Japan. Similar to Shibata, Okada employs a more realistic wrestling style. It's um, more traditional pro wrestling, but he's he's not going to be somebody that does a lot of flips. It's, again, more traditional mat-based stuff. But unlike Shibata, he adorns himself in golden robes and jewelry. And as we mentioned, he has those Okada, Okada dollars uh, that rain down when he makes his entrance. Yeah. Nice. So last little bit that we'll talk about as far as this match is concerned. So at the time of this match, Shibata or excuse me, Okada was nearly 300 days into his fourth reign with the IWGP championship. So he was quite literally, he was a legend and he's 29 years old when this match happened. He's already fucking one of the greatest new Japan champions of all time. He's almost held this title for a year He's he's the shit. Let's just say that. He's the fucking he's aces when it comes to all this. Okay. 
So he's the season champion going into the match. Okada was very dismissive of Oka- of Shibata. Um, he was supremely confident in his abilities, which why wouldn't he be? He's 300 days into his reign. And so he's basically disregarding the, the skills and the ability of the journeyman wrestler Shibata. But we're underestimating how fucking pissed off Shibata is, right? We're, we're under, yes, there is a general tone. Now the fans, you'll notice that the audience and the crowd, now both of these guys are, are good guys. None of them are, even though Okada is kind of cocky, he's not like a bad guy. But you will notice that the fans are a little bit more pro Shibata than they are Okada. Based on like the way this was introduced, like initially, I would have for sure thought like, and like it makes sense that he, well, not really, but like, like he for sure would have been the piece of shit who got his ass beat like when he came back. Like he didn't stick it out through the bad times. And like, yeah, but the fans are on his side. They are because, again, you have to remember, they absolutely hated him when he first came back. But this is five years later. He's been busting his ass and he's finally won them over. So it was like a Darth Vader type of thing where, okay, this guy's a bad guy and a piece of shit. But the more I see him, the more it's like, you know what? I fucking respect him. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so that's that's the the story behind this match. Anything anything else that you have any questions about before we watch this? No, this I'm thing. excited. This was a good. This was a good uh, like hype session for the match. That was all right. Well, well stated. Yeah. Uh, last thing I will note, and I know I've kind of alluded to this a couple times, but the previous two New Japan matches that we watched have been like really, really athletic. These mm. guys are high level athletes, but you're not going to see any flips or anything like that. This is more of like a story. It's like a Rocky movie in terms of what it is that you're that you're seeing in this match. So it's it's more of a Super physical. The way they will beat the shit out of each other, but it's not going to have a bunch of crazy flips. Okay. All right. Yeah. So scientifically, just setting the stage for that. And with that said, I think that brings us to our quick commercial break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada taking on Katsuyori Shibata, the wrestler. We'll be right back. Okay, all right. So we just watched Katsuyori Shibata versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship of the World. And let's just pull up our old list here. <clears throat> so Ryan Murphy, who going into our episode here today, had a three-match win streak. Well, that three-match win streak is no longer. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan did not successfully predict the winner. The winner was... The defending reigning champion, Kazuchika Okada, Shibata was defeated via the Rainmaker. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on the match? Um, that was a tie. Uh, it, it, it's just like these matches are so well executed. And like from the beginning to end, the way they introduce everything, um, the way the fans are, inter- it's just, it's better, but... I, that match was like pretty long and like you're talking about new japan right now yeah yeah like high quality shit it's just like that match just like was drawn out a little bit but it was more technical and like you know there was there was those aspects to it i wouldn't like yeah i'll, I'll wait to <laughs> sure yeah and in fact since uh since we cannot see each other i'm actually sending you a picture right now of our of our current ranking so oh, okay. ex- expect Good. to see that in just a moment but uh, what were some some highlights of the match? Like I have my notes. We don't need to go through blow by blow, just on account of it being pretty long. But what were some 
moments that that stood out to you as we as we watched it together? I mean, they used they used their legs more. <laughs> some, of the, <laughs> some, of the, some of the kicking like over like the ring, like the, just the like his head's hanging over the ring and just boom, boom, like one after the like relentless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and like the back, they they would go like instead of back to back, they would slap each other, which was, <laughs> but they would also like throw like kicks back to back too. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of? Energy. What did you think of those forearm exchanges that we saw a couple of uh, throughout there? I I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like we see it in wrestling. Wasn't that impressive? <laughs> I, even I, with I thought, the the sound and the and the sweat flying off of them, you weren't the, even the impressed. The slapping that? was a little bit better. Okay. When they sat down to slap each other, that was um, you don't see that a lot, but that was um, that was quality. Yeah, just some nice sit down slaps. Everybody loves a good sit down slap every yeah. now and again. Um, I have a bit of information as far as kind of follow up to this match. Would you like that? I'm just going to leave it up to you. Scientifically, do you think it would be better for me to tell you this bit of information now or wait until you rank the match first? I think I should make an informed decision. Okay. All right. So in that in that case, I will I will let you know one additional piece of information. So that match that we just watched, uh, that was Shibata's last match of his career. Oh, really? Yes. So do you remember when I told you crank the sound up and we saw that headbutt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That headbutt gave Shibata a subdural hematoma, which is which is essentially a pool of blood that pushes on your brain. As soon as he got backstage after this match, he collapsed due to both that and dehydration, and they had to rush him to the hospital where they performed emergency surgery and he, saved his saved his life. He did not die, but he could have very easily have died. He looked kind of fucked up after he did that. Like he was like, "Oh shit!" Like <laughs> yeah. that wasn't how it was supposed to go. Um, but. Uh, Jess, for everyone who had not seen that match, which, again, I'll, I'll make a point to post the link if it's available for everybody, but there is a point in the match where Shibata legitimately headbutts Okada just head-on-head, forehead-on-forehead, and then within, I'd say, five seconds later, you see a trickle of blood just go down Shibata's yeah. uh, forehead down to his nose into his eye. It looked, it looked awesome. Like, I mean, if... <laughs> Yeah, real authentic. Like, but I think he missed. I don't know where he was target. He's that's not the only time he did that move fairly regularly. That was one of his sort of standby moves, which is probably what led to you know him getting basically a yeah. brain injury. But he he was forced to retire. Uh, he will not. If I, if I had to put money down, I would say he would not ever be cleared to wrestle again. But he is alive. He's actually a coach, a trainer oh, for good. New Japan Pro Wrestling today. Um, I really like the guy. I, I was rooting for him, and I, I liked his um, demeanor and how he carried himself. Yeah, good quality. Yeah. I imagine well, that, that's how you are at work, just all business. Yeah. You're, you're there to get right down to it. No no flim-flam or, or yeah. gussing it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I sent you the list. Let me know if you have that uh, in your in your messenger program. I do. I do. Okay, so... What are we thinking, Ryan? Where where are we putting this uh, this little piece of business? Um, it, I mean, it was. I want to say like number five. Okay, 
So between yeah. Andy Kaufman and Hart versus Jerry Lawler and an above Dream Team versus Million oh, Dollar Team. You know what? Um, I ooh, I, I probably need to like. Can you give me a, just a quick rundown with the Dream Team again? Yeah, Dream Team versus Million Dollar Team. That was two teams of four yeah. uh, against one another. Uh, the Million Dollar Team had the debuting of the Undertaker on their team. Uh, meanwhile, the Dream Team had the American Dream, Death the Rose, and Bret Hitman Hart. The ending was Bret Hart versus the Million Dollar Man. A um, little bit of back and forth. That was the match where Bret Hart's brother had died the night before, and then oh. the next day he's wrestling a guy called The Undertaker, among other people. But it was just kind of a fun four-on-four elimination yeah. tag team match. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Maybe uh, I think there's a reason I put num- number six. I guess I think number num- number six. Yeah. Okay. So the behind, bumping behind, behind yeah. that above Charlotte versus Rousey. Yeah. 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 I you know to be like the match was like okay, <laughs> but I just love how Japan like puts on a fucking like show like that. Like it's right. it's real. Um, I mean the match was real, but like I I don't think. I have like the attention span to sit there and like. <laughs> it was a long one. It was a it was yeah. a, a a good length of a, of a match. I think it was like forty ish minutes, thirty five forty minutes. And yeah. to be fair, uh, we were experiencing some technical issues, which may which not would not have happened if we were in person. Uh, not to you know keep calling one out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got ourselves a new number six. Uh, anything else that you feel should be stated for the record about Okada versus Shibata for the title? No, I thought I. Um, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so that about does it for this episode of the Hard Mark Podcast. Um, as always, we're going to leave you with a little bit of Eric's wisdom tree, where I impart some knowledge that Ryan will always attempt to pick apart or chastise in some way. Uh, but as a remember, as a just a quick reminder, I do not need to justify anything that I'm saying. This is just blindly saying something that I feel to be true in some regard, and I do not have to justify it if I do not want to. Just right. so everybody's aware. All right, here here it is. As a society, just as a group of of human beings, can we all just agree that anyone who is named Kevin has to be renamed Greg? At a certain age. <laughs> what uh, can we as a society agree that at a certain age? Kevin? Yeah. So so the I don't want to ever meet someone who's 70 years old whose name is Kevin. I think at around 45, that's the Kevin cutoff. And then it's like, OK, Kevin, now you're just Greg or Steve. You're, you're just not. I don't necessarily care that it be Greg, but I just do not want to meet any old man Kevins. That is a, a child's what? name. What? Kevin is a child's name. Yes. There should not be any adult men, middle aged people or older with the name Kevin. So I understand what you're saying, but like uh, I get the, the idea of what you're saying. It makes sense, but okay. but I I don't like the particular name you're choosing. Um, doesn't really make me. I don't know that one. That name doesn't make sense. There's like other names that would better fit what you're saying. I think. Well, not that I care about your opinion because this is Eric's wisdom tree and not Ryan's wisdom tree. But just out of curiosity, what what do you think better better suits that? Like Ron. 
What? Or, or like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a Donald or something like. What the fuck? Uh, These are old man names that you're saying. Oh, Ron sorry. is an old man's name. Donald is an old man's hold on, name. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Let me let me back up. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about this. Okay, so Kevin is too young, right? Kevin is a is a is a child's name. Okay, you're right. I I am flipping this around. Okay, I still <laughs> I still get the concept, but I'm thinking of it backwards. Um, yes, you are. I think, yeah, but that's what we do anyway. We like we recycle names and we don't use them anymore. Um, okay, hold on. Let me give me. Yeah, a you're thinking about this like Benjamin Button. I'm saying yeah. that if if I name my child Kevin. Then when they turn, I, again, I'm just arbitrarily saying at age 45, when they turn 45, they they are legally not allowed to be Kevin anymore. They need to change it to an adult person's name. But I just don't think, like, I also don't think Kevin's that, like, much of a young name. Like, Kevin's kind of like, if you if you look to see when, like, Kevin was a popular name, I bet it was, like, like there's some older Kevins now, like, like in their 50s, like a lot of them, 50, 60. Well, there fucking shouldn't be, is the point that <laughs> okay. I'm making. As a society, you know they're out. You change it. I, I get your point. I get your you point. You go to the DMV, they're just like, oh, yep, <laughs> yep no, no, it's yeah. time. Yeah, you're renewing your license. It's time to change it, Kevin. You're, you're fucking, uh, I don't know, what's the, what's, what's the name? You're Larry now, Kevin. Yeah. Um, okay, point, point taken. That's their exclusive trait. So, you know, yeah. just, just think about it, uh, world. Think about renaming kevin's when they reach a certain age yeah. as a society we make a, this agreement that there should not be any 50 year old kevin's that's yep yeah, okay i think well stated ah, thanks thank you <laughs> and, and with that i think that uh, that wraps up um our session here today i do we'll see we'll see what happens next episode um i i have a couple matches in mind we'll see what we end up doing uh, this will probably be the last of the virtual hard mark episodes for the last little bit. So if you like hearing our su- smooth, sultry tones in person, well, then you're probably going to be in luck. But we'll we'll see how this whole pandemic thing shakes out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I guess with that said, anything you want to impart to the listeners before we wrap it up? No, I think I think we're good. I think we had a great episode tonight. We got allotted <laughs> plenty of time. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone else thought that too. So everybody, if you're, if you're not hard, get hard. And once you get hard, stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. That's fucking classic Japan shit right there. (laughs) 